It's that time, the Betting Partners Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football guru, football fanatic, and Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can get him on X at Dave underscore Essler. Also, we have Steve Reeder on the podcast. You guys can get him on X as well at Avoid the Vig. Make sure you guys check us out at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL week number 16. Myself, Uncle Dave, Steve, going to go ahead break down our four big games as we always do. We'll go ahead and give you guys those player props, the weather, the injury, sheep's pick. We'll go ahead we'll do our three amigos pick. And, of course, you guys will go and get our best bets. Uncle Dave, I'm going to go ahead and start with you with the first game here on Saturday. We have the Bengals. They're going to be on the road here at Pittsburgh. Current line in this game right now, Pittsburgh plus two at home. We have a low total there, Uncle Dave, of 37. How are you feeling about the Bengals and the Steelers? Well, it's a tough one to handicap yet. I mean, I think any Steelers bet I, I might make would probably have to be predicated on whether Pickett plays or not. Um, the Bengals have been putting up points with Browning, obviously, and against pretty good defenses. and So maybe that's not the outlier. Uh, and the Steelers have been giving up points to, you know, probably marginal at best opponents. I think it's you know, it's desperation time for Pittsburgh, and we saw what desperate teams can do in Buffalo last week. But the Bills have talent, and I don't know that Pittsburgh does. Uh, that whole thing about, uh, oh, um, it's slipping my mind, you know, the wide receiver for the Steelers that didn't block. I mean, that that can't be a good thing. Um, you know, I had a thought about the fact that it's even possible that Tomlin and Belichick are both somewhere else next year. I mean, probably not, but interesting concept if the Steelers lose out, and they might. Uh, Bengals, they, they aren't the best running team, but the Steelers are allowing a lot of running yards, so they might have success, so that would lead me to the under. Uh, and the reverse is also true. Uh, I think uh, what I'm probably going to end up doing here, I mean, the Bengals' pass defense is not very good. Um, so this may uh, sort of surprise you. Uh, again, if it's Trubisky, all bets are five. It's Pittsburgh, I'll take the Steelers' team total over. Uh, right now I can get a 17 and a half. That may come down to 17. Uh, and only once this season as the Bengals' defense allowed less than that on the road. Uh, I think desperation and an ass-whipping from Tomlin. I can't call a side, but I think the Steelers will score more than 17.5 points. All right, so there's Uncle Dave Steelers' team total over. Uh, I, I mean, the Bengals need this game. I mean, they need it like blood, especially with Kansas City on deck next. Chase? He was already ruled out, so I think that that's going to be obviously something that's going to bog down the Bengals' offense coming into this game. But, no, I'm not really jumping at the chance to go ahead and bet the Bengals here. The Steelers, they still have life. And, you know, all the comments and stuff like that about Tomlin being fired, I mean, that stuff's just insane. You know, I'll say this, like Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, has been one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL. The guy's never had a losing season. You know, how many division championships has he won? Uh, won the Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl, countless playoff games. I think that that's just it's just crazy talk, the fact that he set the bar so high for himself that, you know, if you don't get the playoffs and you don't win a game or you don't make it to the Super Bowl, like it turns out like you're a failure. So it's kind of – I think it's one of those situations where Mike Tomlin's kind of, kind of actually done it to himself. But I, I digress. Let me get back to kind of where I was at here with this. As of right now, they're saying that Rudolph is penciled in to go ahead and be the starter. So make of that what you will. I mean, they're on like, what their third starting quarterback now. You know, the Bengals they managed to hold to Pittsburgh. What was it, three, three or four weeks ago? Pittsburgh to sixteen points, and that was with Pickett. So 
Now, I know the Bengals' defense around Uncle Dave hasn't been anything to write home about. I mean, it hasn't really been hasn't been good at all. But you got to think that this is going to be a game in which that they probably feel pretty confident that they can hold Pittsburgh down to at least a limited amount. I think the first team here to 21 probably wins. But this game is just so much bigger right now, I think, for the Bengals because I'm not sure if Pittsburgh's all bought in and all, you know, cozy and happy with each other. And, and the guy you were thinking about there, Uncle Dave, was Pickens. They just, I mean, their offense is out there running around like they like they just have no mojo, like they don't care. Um, they're not really playing tough outside of the defense. And you got to wonder, you know, coming off of all these losses here, you know how that defense steps up this week in Browning has actually played really well. I mean, he's lost, what, one out of four games that he started. This is a uh, – this is this is everything for the Bengals here. So I would take the Bengals, but it really wouldn't be that big. I think this game's probably close. So it'd be a, a strong lean to Cincinnati. I, I think they're just a better team, better quarterback. Um, so, yeah, it'd be the Bengals for me. What about you, Steve? You know, before we get into the handicap aspect, I, I'd like to actually touch on what you said there, Sleepy, with with Tomlin and Steelers fans looking for him to be fired. You know, I, I don't know if they fully understand how good they have had it, uh, you know, and I, I'm sure that they're frustrated as the year has gone on here, but uh, this is not the time to panic. It's not the time to, to move on from, from this guy, uh, you know, think about it this way. He's been so good for so long that you have drafted later in the draft because he is a great coach. So uh, you're going to be upset about that because he doesn't have the talent on the roster. You know, we're looking right now at Kenny Pickett and throughout the season, we're calling for Kenny Pickett's head because he's terrible. And then all of a sudden, you know, Mitch Trubisky comes in and he's terrible. And now you're bringing in Mason Rudolph. And, you know, by all intents and purposes, like this guy, Rudolph is a downgrade from Trubisky, you know, but for this team, maybe it's an upgrade because it's not Trubisky. So when we're looking at this game right now, Pittsburgh's lost three straight. They lost to Arizona, New England, Indianapolis. All three of those games were winnable. They 100% should have won the game going into it. I mean, you you could look right now, and, and Pittsburgh should be vying for the playoffs. So I understand the frustration from Steelers fans. But I think that's also why we have value with Pittsburgh in this one, because they're as low in the market as you possibly can get them. They have Seattle and Baltimore on deck, and you know, obviously both those teams probably are going to make the playoffs. I think if Geno comes back, I think it's fair to say that Seattle probably makes the playoffs and Baltimore certainly is going to. So uh, it's possible right now Pittsburgh's streak of over 500 is snapped this year. And I I think that this is the all-in effort right now to try to make one last push. And I know it's been ugly and I know it's a difficult decision, but I do like Pittsburgh in a teaser. Um, You know, I, I have notes on here about the turmoil with the rod receiving cores. You folks have touched on that. They're not blocking. There's the comments about Tomlin to be fired. You know, Tomlin is great as a home dog and Cincinnati doesn't have Burrow. And I understand Browning has been incredible, but Cincinnati is also off three straight wins. Like, like, let's consider this for a second. Cincinnati does not have Joe Burrow and they're giving points in Pittsburgh, it, it is a blatant sign of disrespect, and, and it really just shows how far this has come from you know Tomlin riding his high horse and, and three straight off three straight losses now. And you know the Bengals were supposed to be a dumpster fire. I bet they're under for season win totals, and I actually bet the over for um, the Steelers. And both looks like losers in this one. So um, I'm frustrated with both teams, but I'm not sure how you don't look to Pittsburgh in this. Browning is better than could be expected, but without Jamar Chase, you know I don't know if he has the horses to get him there. 
Um, I, I do think that there's some value in the over. I think that uh, Browning traditionally does well against the Pittsburgh style of defense. And DJ Reader is out for the Cincinnati Bengals. And traditionally, when he has not played, they are terrible against the run. The Steelers like to run the ball. I do think they're going to be effective. Clearly, that's moving the clock as well. But this is a low total, especially with Chase out. I think that this number reflects that. And I think there is still some value in the over. But I have bet Pittsburgh in a teaser. And I think that's the only way that I'd look right now. All right. Good stuff on that game from everyone. Let's go ahead. Let's jump to our next. Uh, we got the Cleveland Browns will be on the road here at the Houston Texans. Currently in this game, Texans home dog plus two and a half. And we have a total of 40. I'll go ahead. I'll start out with this one. I think right now you kind of have to trust the better defense, the better quarterback, and the overall better team. And I think that that is the Browns. This game's just, it's just massive for the Browns because they have the Jets and the Bengals left after this. So, I mean, the Browns could easily win, you know, one of those two games. But I think that if they win this one, that they're looking down like, hey, we could beat, you know, we could beat the Jets. I mean, the Jets stink. And the Bengals, let's just say like the Bengals end up losing this week or next week against Kansas City. You don't know what the what the Bengals are going to end up looking like in week 18. So I think Cleveland right now is kind of in the driver's seat. But I think in order for Houston to go ahead and win this game, that they have to get Stroud back at quarterback. And I'm not even sure if he's going to play. Uh, supposedly right now he's slated to, to not play. So we'll kind of see. But there's no way that Flacco turns the ball over as many times as he did you know, last week, this week, I just don't think that that's going to happen. I feel like this is like a Cleveland Brown circle the wagon type game. I do like the under in this game as well. I think 40 is a little bit high. I mean, this could be one of those ugly, low scoring games, maybe like a 19-17, 19-16. And I'm not saying that, that the Browns are going to go out here and they're going to beat these guys on the road, but that would be the way that I go. But I could see this being razor, razor close. So it's the under for me. Uh, I would take the Browns here. Minus the two and a half, under that three, under three. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at that game. So that's what I got. So how about you, Uncle Dave? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not totally against you here at all. I mean, it's hard to bet against the Browns right now. I mean, they got got lots of swagger. Uh, they got a lot of good stuff going on, and and they're obviously their ability to win those close games late. I mean, they, 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 confidence is a great, great, great thing to bet on. I, mean, I was a little surprised the market took to Houston right away. Obviously, assuming Stroud would be back, I think, and. And given the Texans win at Tennessee after being down big, and you know, no disrespect to Case Keenum, I love the guy, uh, but Houston's got confidence too. I, I think on the whole, the Browns, like you mentioned, sleepy. The Browns have better players and they have more of them. And I remember how easily Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars moved the ball through the air on Houston, uh, and and I think the Browns will be able to do that too. Um, and what I'm looking at here, I, I'm not a big fan of the over uh, or the under, but. Or the Browns to cover, really. But I think the Browns are going to score. Uh, I mean, they've been scoring. And uh, I will take the Browns team total over 20 and a half. All right. So, Uncle Dave on board with the Browns there. We'll be making three for three. How about you, Steve? Cleveland, Houston, what do you got? Yeah, I'm not intelligent. I uh, assume Stroud was coming back this week. I got to be honest. You know, with the concussion protocol, it's been extremely inconsistent uh, recently. Uh the start of the year, people that were concussed were out multiple weeks. You could definitely just assume they were going to miss the next week. And now all of these uh, players seem to be coming back at a much rapid pace. So I don't know, not sure if they're curing concussions or what's going on, but I anticipated CJ Stroud being the same thing here. So I, I played Houston minus two and a half, assuming that he would be in and I was going to beat the move. 
uh, and it was going to close uh, an expensive three and I was going to do my job. And I donated a dime to Caesars property. So they obviously got me on that one. Uh, right now I'm leaning Cleveland. Um, you know, CJ Shroud, his absence is everything. I mean, Keenan came from behind last week, played well. You know, but this is a different defense. Tennessee it was 20th in DVOA. Cleveland is first. You know, and, and then when you look at the other side of the ball, Cleveland has Flacco, and it's a sig- significant step up for Houston's defense than going against an injured Will Levis. So with that step up in class, I just don't think Houston's ready to make that jump. You know, Cleveland has been throwing the ball all over the place. Who would have thought that, you know, an 87-year-old Joe Flacco would be throwing the ball 44, 45, and 44 times in his three starts with Cleveland? So they are passing the ball way over expectation, and Houston's defense is good against a run, but not very good against uh, through the air. So I think that's going to be an advantage for Cleveland. And, you know, Stefanski should be getting way more coach of the year love. You know, think about what they've gone through with their quarterback situation. They've gone through four different quarterbacks. They're nine and five. They're a massive favorite to make the playoffs. So, you know, Cleveland has really impressed me. They, they persevered. And I did not think Joe Flacco was going to move the needle at all. But he's certainly I, I'd argue he's the best of the all four quarterbacks. And I'm not sure if it's relatively close. Maybe somebody has some Deshaun Watson stats that are going to make me look foolish on this one. But, you know, I, by the eye test, Joe Flacco. It has given them the best chance and the best upside uh, in, in in on offense. Laying less than a field goal, I can only look to Cleveland even if I'm going against my original play with Stroud out. It's funny because I was actually thinking the same thing there too, Steve. I was like, could Flacco actually be the best quarterback, you know, that played for Cleveland this year? You know, give all of them credit though. I mean, all the quarterbacks ended up winning a game this year at least. So uh, we'll see how, the, how this game shakes out. And I'm not saying, Steve, that I think that – that well, currently right now, Stroud is listed as like questionable day today with the concussion, and I wouldn't be shocked just because that, just because Houston has so much on the line here. Like they have to win if they lose this game. I mean, they're they're going to be uh, really up against. They're going to need to win out and and hope and pray that you know a lot of crazy things happen. So I wouldn't be shocked if they really really push him. But from some of the reports that I've read, it just it doesn't look all that great. So we'll see. Um, I would like to see him in there, but. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Cleveland minus the two and a half, and hopefully it ends up being Keenum. Uh, you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, the NFL did a pretty good job at least setting up this particular week. You know, a lot of these games are uh, just super impactful for the for the playoff run here. We got another one with the Jaguars. They're going to be on the road here at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay right now minus one and a half, 42 and a half for a total. Steve, I'll go ahead. I'll kick it to you first. Jags, Bucks, what do you think? Yeah, going right back to another concussion situation here. Trevor Lawrence, he he does seem to be progressing through the concussion protocol uh, at a much more rapid pace than, than Stroud is. So, um, you know, if he does come back, does that change anything? And I'm going to actually give Dan Rivera uh, sent me a note uh, saying that quarterbacks off concussion within two weeks are two and eight straight up, three and seven ATS. And four and six to the under, and and in those ten contests, they've actually thrown it at least one interception in eight of those. So something to look at. And you know, frankly, I, I know he was rooting for Trevor Lawrence to come back, and that that's interesting. You know, if, if Trevor Lawrence is in, let the market move, and then let's attack the Bucks. You know, I, they if if Lawrence plays, the Bucks will be getting points, and I think that's a great teaser opportunity right there. Uh, you know, with that note, ten games is an extremely you know, small sample size, everything is unique uh, to the situation, the player, but you know, Lawrence and the Jags haven't given me a whole lot of hope. So, 
you know, I know he's name brand and he's certainly an upgrade over their backup and whatnot, but if he is playing, there is going to be a market move. And I don't, I think it'll be an overreaction. You know, the Jags are eight and six, but they lost three straight last week. They were dominated by the Ravens, but it was a weather game. So I don't want to give them a full pass, but maybe there's some excuses there. Uh, in years past, teams have struggled playing the, the Baltimore. And I, I don't know if we're going to quite get that. I don't know how that angle will play out because Baltimore is playing a little bit different uh, style of offense. They're not playing that ground and pound. Um, and I actually have not updated my numbers. So bringing this up is probably pointless. But uh, under normal circumstances, I look to play Jacksonville here. But Tampa Bay has been playing much better. They found their run game. Mayfield has been playing the best uh, football of his career. The Lawrence injury, I think, provides another opportunity that if he is in, there's going to be an overreaction, and we're going to have an opportunity to bet it, whether it's plus three or just teasing it up through the uh, seven. Uh, And that is where I look for this game. All right, good stuff there from Steve. Uh, I'm kind of in line here, I think, with you, Steve. I actually like the Bucks here minus the one and a half quite a bit. This actually might be one of the stronger plays that I have on the card. And, uh, you know, I thought a lot about this throughout the day, and I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, all right, well, both teams, they're they're leading their division, you know, clinging on to uh, leading their division because of tiebreakers and things like that. But, you know, the loser of this game, I, I think they're going to end up in big trouble. But, you know, the Bucks have won three straight games now, and they've beaten, I don't want to say terrible, the bad teams, but, I mean, not great teams. They beat the Packers, the Panthers, and the Falcons. And Trevor Lawrence is hurt. You know, he might not even go – he might not get cleared to play. But don't forget, you know, he ended up twisting his ankle and ended up getting carried off the field. So, you know, he's got ankle issues. He's got head issues right now. So, you know, that is a little bit of a worry thing for me. And then, you know, you have no Kirk. Zay Jones is all banged up. The offensive line's banged up. The secondary for is banged up for the Jaguars. Like the Jaguars right now, um, they're just not a healthy bunch of players. And basically, you know, the Buccaneers are, are pretty – pretty damn healthy at least from the, the reports that I read and I think the Bucks are actually in a pretty good spot here the fact that they're at home playing a wounded team here in the Jaguars that are struggling and the fact that the Saints have to play the Rams and I think that the Buccaneers are, are thinking boy we could really be in the driver's seat not only with a win here but the Saints have a tough game they have to go and play in LA and I think if that happens if the Bucks win here and the Saints end up losing that pretty much destiny's in the hands here of the Buccaneers. So I like the Bucks here. I mean, you have Mike Evans, you have Godwin. Godwin looked really good last week, Rashad White. And like you said, Steve, Baker Mayfield's playing the best footballs of career. It just it feels like the Bucks should be favored by more, and I think there's just so much going into it. Like, oh, hey, the Jaguars have been better, but where really have they been better? Baker Mayfield's the best quarterback in this division. I don't think anybody would really have said that. I feel like this is one of those seasons where you look at the Jaguars and you're like, oh, coulda, woulda, shoulda, one of those, you know, one of those type of years. They're going to be really good. They're going to be the darling, even bigger than they were this year. The Bucks are the better team right now. I really, really think that they are, so I'll take them minus the one and a half. I have a feeling Uncle Dave's going to be on the Buccaneers. Just to guess, Uncle Dave, what do you got, Jags and Bucks? Yeah, Uncle Dave's going to be on the Buccaneers. You're right, Sleepy. I mean, we have another desperate team with Jacksonville, but – you know, the issue here again, and I said it last week, that they aren't ready to play big games and take the next step. I mean, I, I said it last week that the Ravens were all ready to play a big game, and I think that's still true this week. I mean, the Bucks clearly are. They went up to Green Bay in, in a very impressive win. And, you know, when I look at the, the, the Bucks' schedule, aside from an early season three-point loss to Atlanta, 
I mean, they don't really have a bad loss. They they don't have a super win, but they've beaten the teams that they probably should have, and they probably should beat Jacksonville. I mean, the Jags' defense gave up 88 points in the last three games, and you know I don't know what changes in Tampa Bay. I mean, I'll I'll be happy to take Tampa Bay in this game with you, Sleepy. I, I'm only crying for not taking the Bucks at plus three when I could have. Um, I, I don't think at this point it matters. I'm with you. I I like the Bucks quite a bit. All right, so Uncle Dave going to go ahead and ride the Bucks here as well. Let's go ahead and let's jump to uh, one of the biggest games of the entire weekend. Here we have the Cowboys. They're going to be on the road here in Miami. Miami right now minus one and a half, and we have a total of 50. Uncle Dave, I'm going to kick it right back to you, Cowboys, Dolphins. What do you think? Well, I might have to rethink is what I'm thinking. I mean, the Dolphins have a lot of injuries. I mean, today at practice, their entire starting offensive line was not there. Tariq wasn't there. Xavier Howard, Mostert. I mean, you know, it's not good. I mean, but I guess if you go off recency bias, you'll just simply take the Dolphins. I mean, they moved the ball on a great Jets defense without Hill. Um, if if he was possible to play last week, I, I kind of expected him to play this week. And, you know, if the Bills can run the ball down the, down the Dallas throat, then Miami should be able to do the same, I think. Um, you know, after all, they are the number one rushing team in terms of yards per attempt, which makes me think that the under might be the way. You know, Miami might not want to have a shootout. Um, but the thing is, their defense is not great against the run. So this looks eerily similar to, to last week in that, you know, if Dallas has a chance, it's probably on Dak. Um, what's interesting is that all four of Dallas's losses have been to mobile quarterbacks. And, you know, Tua kind of is when he wants to be. And, you know, I said last week Dallas wasn't going to win both of these AFC East road games, and honestly, they, they, they may not win either one. I mean, Dallas's road struggles have been really well documented. Uh, I suppose if I looked hard enough, I could build a case for Dallas uh, because, you know, we can make things say what we want, which is more often than not incorrect. So, you know, uh, I'll put an asterisk next to it. Uh, I'll take the fish. I'll open an early Christmas present, but I reserve the right to – pass or take the under uh, if in fact you know uh, enough of those guys from Miami are are out you know the offensive line uh, that's a huge one no matter no matter what and and you know because Tua can take sacks and Dallas does get after the quarterback but you know even if it was just not Tyreek I could probably be okay Uh, they you know we we saw what they did without him last week against the Jets defense Uh, but if their offensive line's bagged up and, and Mostert's out uh, and maybe a chain is out. Uh, I, I would then I would go with the under. So if Miami's eighty percent healthy, I'll take Miami. If they're not, I'll take the under. All right, I'm on the opposite side of you here, Uncle Dave. With the total, I like the over in this one. Um, I think Miami's going to end up with a full healthy roster. Miami can't afford a loss here, believe it or not. Even though they are the number two seed, they have Dallas then they have the Ravens, and then they have the Bills. So this team could rattle off three straight losses in a row. And I think one of the reasons why Miami is going ahead and they're just sitting all these guys out of practice right now is so that they're all rested, they're all bought in. That's just just my my guess. I have a feeling Mike McDaniel saying, look, I'll give you guys rest all week long. Game day we need to go out and we need to go beat these guys. Uh, go out there and do your thing, and then we'll we'll rest again after Christmas. That's just kind of the way that I think that they're approaching this game. Not to mention, you know, they need rest. So um, I think all the players will play here for Miami. And, I mean, we're looking at what, you know, two MVP candidate quarterbacks. 
it's just a lot of offense. I mean, you have Mostert, you have HN, you have Pollard, Ferguson, uh, Waddle, Tyreek Hill, you know, Brennan Cooks, Gallup. I mean, it's just it's a lot of offense. And I think that the I think the Cowboys defense was kind of exposed last week. And I guess it was kind of a tough spot. Like I trust the Dallas offense more in a place like Miami than than I do in a place like Buffalo. I think that the the reason why this total is down so much is the fact that you know, Miami went out there and they shut out the Jets to zero points. I think that that, that that might be factored in a little bit here. And the fact that Dallas struggled a little bit, I don't know. I see more of a more of a shootout in this type of game. I kind of like Miami myself, their Uncle Dave. If you ask me who the best team in the AFC is, it's Miami. That that's where I'm at right now. I've, I've convinced myself of that. Just because they're too deep at running back, they're too deep at wide receiver, and they have a a quarterback and two of that can go out there, throw the football. So uh, Miami, like them, like the over, that's where I'm at. What about you, Steve? How are you feeling about that game? You know, traditionally, I want to fade both teams against good opponents, and we're, they're both playing good opponents here, so that's not really helping. Uh, but frankly, I, I want to back Dallas at home. They're 7-0, and but they're only 3-4 and on the road. So this is not a great spot for Dallas to be playing away from home. You know, Miami, uh, conversely, is actually 6-1 and in Miami. So we have a team that struggles on the road. We have a team that does great at home. So I do think that there is some value there with Miami. You know, Dallas defense is good when they can get downhill, when they know they have that lead and they know they can run downhill on fast surfaces. Um, and I don't think they're going to get be in that position in this game to be able to to do that and let those uh, defensive ends just, just uh, fly up the field and those linebackers that, that seem to do so well against teams like the Giants that just get destroyed. And this is an internal problem for me as a Giants fan, uh, which is why I'm bringing it up here. Um, but even if Dallas does get ahead a little bit, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that same style of defense to Miami. Now, Miami does so much on timing routes. It's it's three, five-step drops, get the ball out on time, and let your players run after the catch. And frankly, I'm not sure if there's a team in the league right now that does that better, maybe with the exception of San Francisco, than, than Miami does. So I think it's going to mitigate a lot of what Dallas's defense does um, you know, the best, you know, there's moderate weather concerns, um, you know, that should aid Miami as well. They might not be able to run those outside zones. Maybe they have to hit it up between the tackles a little bit here, but I expect Miami to throw those quick passes beyond time, move, be able to move the ball down the field in that respect. And defensively for Miami, Vic Fangio has them improving uh, as the year has progressed. And, you know, Dak being off the worst performance of his, uh, you know, I don't want to say career, but, but, but certainly for the year, um, I, I do think, that he's got some proving to do. Maybe it's the the pressure uh, or maybe it was a down spot because they had just beaten the Eagles. Maybe he heard his name in MVP conversation, but he didn't look good last week. And, and Miami is not a pushover anymore, especially on the defensive side of ball. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles, handles that adversity. He doesn't really seem like uh, historically he hasn't seemed to be a player that does well under those kind of conditions. And, and I don't think uh, McCarthy is either. Uh, McDaniel is a much better coach than he is. Um, and I have a strong lean to Miami, just like you folks said. But, you know, I'm supposed to be the injury guy. And, and Dave is stealing my thunder here with these these injuries at practice. Uh, you know, the entire starting line not practicing. Tyreek Hill, Xavier Howard, Raheem Mostert, uh, A-Chain. You know, even on the defensive side of all, Holland and Elliott is out. So there's a lot of concerns here. Uh, for me, and until we get clarity on that injury situation, um, this game is not going to see my money. Uh, but if those players are back, if everybody is healthy, I'm on Miami, and, and I feel good about it.
All right, good stuff there from Steve. He's going to go ahead and be on the Dolphins as well. Uh, so that'll wrap up our four big games there, guys. Now it's time to go ahead and get into our player prop contest. Uncle Dave went ahead and swept the board last week. Nice 2-0 from Uncle Dave. Myself and Steve went 1-1, one one, so pretty good winning week for us there last week with our player props, 4-2 and two overall. Uh, overall in the season, I think we're 40-40 and 40 if my math is correct. Uncle Dave, you're only one game back, and Steve, uh, you're going to have to go ahead and sweep out the remaining weeks there, 2-0 and oh each week to go ahead and catch up to me, who's one game ahead of Uncle Dave there. So uh, we could still go ahead and finish above water. Hopefully we can go ahead and do that. Uh, Uncle Dave, since you were 2-0 and oh last week, I'll let you go ahead and rip a run on these ones first there. Your player props for this week, who are you looking at? Well, I got two winners. Um, number one, Chubba Hubbard over 67.5 yards on the ground. Um, he's hot. I mean, for one thing, Carolina can't throw, so they're going to have to run, but – in his last three games, he's gone for 87, 87, and 104. Uh, so, you know, in this week, what does he what does he get? Uh, the Green Bay rush defense, which is 28th in yards per rush uh, and 30th in, in yards allowed per game. So uh, the matchup is just in his favor. So Chubba Hubbard will, will, will get 68 yards or more and make me some money. Uh, and, and here's one, Russell Wilson, under 21.5 rushing yards. Uh, why? Uh, first of all, it's going to be probably relatively inclement weather. And second of all, I look at the Patriots against mobile quarterbacks. I mean, Josh Allen didn't rush for 21 yards. Uh, Jack Prescott didn't rush for 21 yards. So uh, I'm also basing that on the fact that you know, and Mahomes didn't either, I believe. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking right now. No, he didn't. He had negative five yards. So, you know, the Patriots tend to box in those guys and make them throw the ball. So I am definitely got uh, winner number two with Russell Wilson under 21 and a half rushing yards. All right, good stuff there, Uncle Dave. Hopefully I can go ahead and maintain my lead here on you, and I'm going to go ahead and give out a, a touchdown prop there, Uncle Dave. So minus 135 in this one. I'm going to go ahead and play James Cook to go ahead and score a touchdown. Uh, the, the Chargers are just a dead team. I was considering maybe Austin Eckler under 70 and a half rushing and receiving yards only because I don't know if, if he even plays a whole lot. But I think that if you watch James Cook last week, I mean, that dude was just simply awesome. Uh, there's a couple of guys that have actually really grown in, you know, to themselves this year. James Cook is one of them. Kyron Williams, another one. But I think it's just – like, why go away from James Cook right now while he's cooking, you know? He's, the good dude's just playing hot. And the Chargers probably give up 40 points here, and I have to imagine that James Cook probably gets in the end zone here. And then the other one here, I'm going to go to, I think this is Monday Night Football. Actually, yeah, Christmas Day. Uh, I'm going to go to, I'm going to play DeAndre Swift over 67 and a half rushing yards. Philly, um, you know, they've kind of been hammered on a lot that they don't run the football enough. Well, the Giants, I mean, Steve will tell you, the season's over for them. You know, the, the little bit of magical ride that they have, you know, that, that's over and done with. And Philly, you know, typically they go ahead, they beat the Giants, and they usually beat them by margin. So I think it'll be a little bit of Kenneth Gainwell. You're not going to need to use him a whole lot. I think the Eagles look to go ahead and run the ball as much as they possibly can here. And the Giants' rush defense, it's not good. Uh, I think they're fourth worst in the NFL I think Philly's probably looking to go ahead, get their healthy wide receiver core, get their healthy quarterback into the next game, 
and just really rely on the rushing attack for this game against the Giants. I mean, Philadelphia is, what, minus 12 in this game? So I could see DeAndre Swift going ahead and go over 67.5 rush yards. So, so those are my picks. James Cook scored touchdown minus 135. DeAndre Swift over 67.5 rush yards. Those are my two props. What do you got there, Steve? Yeah, I am going to go, uh, you know, I guess one of the things I, I tried to petition uh, before we started recording here about raising the unit sizes on these um, player props to get back in the game or to be able to give out more. And apparently there was some kind of contract I signed that we're not permitted to do that. So I guess I'm going to have to keep just giving out two and just pray I get caught up here. I'm going to go Tyler Algier over eight and a half rushing attempts. You know, he's hit this in eight of the last 10, and I'm not sure why they're pricing it this low. Um, this is not a game that they're going to be behind. Uh, Indianapolis isn't good, and even if they do fall a little bit behind, I don't think they're going to get blown out that they're not going to be able to continue that run game. I, Algier has been effective on the ground, and, and you know, frankly, they trust him. He's, he hasn't been turning the ball over, so he has been getting some love from Arthur Smith. Um, I, I expect that to continue this week. And I actually have James Cook over 67 and a half rushing yards too. So I'm grabbing on Sleepy's uh, coattails here. You know, they're a 12-point favorite against uh, the Chargers. He had 179 yards last week uh, versus Dallas. I think it was 25 carries. And, and frankly, what you saw is they're effective running the ball. There's been a, a change. And I understand, you know, that maybe it was just last week against Dallas. But, you know, they're running the ball much more than they were earlier in the year, and they found success doing it. So what are you going to continue to do? You're going to put Josh Allen in a position where he could potentially get hurt or turn the ball over? You know, you don't want to do that. You want to keep the ball on the ground, be as conservative as possible. All you need to do is to lean on these chargers. They're about to break for their whole season, you know, and not only just break isn't fall, like falling apart, but they're looking for the break to get to the offseason, get out of here and move on to next year. Um, so I, I think giving the ball to James Cook, who's looked incredible over 60 and a, uh, 67 and a half yards, looks like a uh, fair play there. All right. Good stuff from everybody on that. There are player prop picks for the week with that done and out of the way. Uh, it's not time to go ahead and send it over to our resident meteorologist, David Gessler. Yeah, Sleepy, um, the Saturday games look pretty good. Maybe some light precip up your way uh, that could affect the Steelers game, but no cold. And Sunday, uh, the Titans game against Seattle might see a little bit of wind, um, but it looks like the biggest wind game potentials are Denver and Chicago. And, and Denver's looking bad. Denver and New England is probably the far by far the biggest weather game Sunday. Probably going to snow, uh, maybe lingering even into game time. So that's the one you got to be careful of. The, there's a precip system basically moving east that, that won't be out of Colorado. Uh, and the Bears game should be okay, uh, but it's a later game. So I would keep an eye on that one uh, potentially in Chicago for wet weather. Um, on Monday, the system will not have reached Philadelphia yet, uh, but it will be through Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs game could see some lingering wind, uh, seeing that it's an early game, but I doubt it. So the two games I think you got to keep an eye on are in Chicago and Denver. Um, and uh, I don't know how that really affects much of anything. I mean, New England's a cold-weather team. So I, I think that's kind of just the, the big neutralizer there. I, I kind of lean New England with those points, but kind of leaning New England is difficult with Bailey Zappi in the second half. Uh, in the Bears game, I, I think that would probably certainly favor the Bears. Uh, they're just much better on the ground, obviously. But those are the, those are the two games I think – that uh, you'll see totals moving um, later in the week, more towards the under. All right, good stuff there, Uncle Dave. On the weather report, 
lot of crazy weather there last week. Hopefully, uh, we get unscathed this week. I, it doesn't look like it, but we'll see. Uh, sorry, so the weather's done there. Key injury update from Steve. What do you got? Yeah, uh, going right to the Bengals game, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Jamar Chase is not going to play, so obviously that limits what they can do offensively. And, and also this popped up, and I didn't see if he actually practiced today or not, but Chase Brown has a sternum injury, and he's been a, an electric change of pace back for the uh, Bengals. If they don't have him, it just could be limit some of their upside, maybe have to matriculate the ball down the field a little bit at a slower pace with that one. Um, and on the other side of the ball for them, DJ Reader is also injured. Uh, he is not going to be playing in this game, and traditionally, he is their defensive stopper for the against the run. Uh, so I, we didn't get a chance to talk about it from the player prop perspective because the lines weren't posted yet. But I do like the Steelers uh, running backs over uh, for rushing yards uh, when that is po- posted. That is going to be something I'm going to be looking at. You know, for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett is still questionable. Obviously, uh, Rudolph looks like he's going to get the start right now, but Pickett hasn't been announced that he's been out. So that is certainly something to keep an eye on. If he was able to return, it'd be a little bit earlier than expected. You know, for the Bills, they they do have tight end Kincaid questionable. He's been a limited participant. He is a rookie that has come on the scene and, and done wonders for them. But considering that they're running the ball and they've been doing it effective, that they're going up against the Chargers, it may be prudent for them to actually sit their star tight end here. On the flip side of the ball, speaking of sitting uh, stars, Keenan Allen probably is not going to play this week. Uh, frankly, there's not really much of a reason. They have nothing to play for, and I think that they want to keep Keenan Allen uh, next year. For the Colts, Michael Pittman has a is questionable tag with a concussion, uh, and who knows what's going on with these concussion situations right now. I don't want to speculate on that. The running back situation there is very murky. Uh, it sounds like both were uh, coming back. Me, um, they they could potentially both play in this one, uh, and I I I'm on the Falcons. So if that's the case, that would be a uh, very upsetting news to me. But that's something to keep an eye on for all those fantasy uh, players and player prop uh, betters. Will Levis does have an ankle injury. If he does not play, it's going to be Tannehill getting the snaps there. There were some questionable um, questions whether or not that Tannehill would get the look. We're not quite sure if the Titans had moved on. Sounds like Tannehill would be the man to go in that one. Zach Wilson has a concussion. He won't practice Wednesday. Haven't heard much of a a progress in that kind of situation, so it'll be an interesting uh, one to monitor as well. For the Packers, we got a pair of receivers that are questionable. Uh, there was a toe injury for Jaden Reed, who's actually looked unbelievable, kind of come out of nowhere and, and played very well for them in recent weeks when Christian Watson has been absent. So if they can get both of those back, uh, you know, we didn't talk about the Packers-Panthers game, but the Packers are a team I, I kind of looking for a reason to back right now. I, I think the Panthers could have a letdown spot. We're kind of in that weird uh, number between three and, and, and seven. And what do you know? What do you do with that kind of stuff right now? We're sitting at five. Uh, I have not gotten involved, but if both of those receivers are able to play, that may be a game I want to bet. For the Texans, we have Nico Collins uh, out or is questionable with a strained calf. Uh, Stroud is obviously not going to make the game with a concussion. Trevor Lawrence, speaking of quarterbacks with concussion, is, isn't is practicing, but he's progressing and could potentially play this weekend. I've already mentioned how I feel about that one. Uh, Zay Jones is questionable with a hamstring injury considered week to week. That does not sound promising for anybody that is going to be playing. For the Dolphins, we've had a list of injuries that Dave and I both mentioned earlier. Uh, Hill, Howard, Mostert, Achan did not practice. Holland did not practice. Elliott did not practice. And get this, the entire starting offensive line, is that is that just to, to, to be cautious? 
I don't know. So I, that is certainly something to monitor. All three of us like Miami, but with those injury concerns, have to wait and get some clarity there. Uh, for the Patriots, Hunter Henry is questionable with his knee injury. Ramondre Stevenson has an ankle injury and was not spotted at practice today. For the Ravens, Zay Flowers is questionable, as is Odell, Odell Beckham. Odell was an undisclosed injury. Usually these undisclosed kind of things is, is nothing they end up playing, but an impactful one for Baltimore, Keaton Mil- Mitchell, didn't is placed on injured reserve. He is done for the season. He is really coming out of nowhere and done very well for that team. So that will be something they miss and certainly something they could have used going against San Francisco this week. All right. Excellent update there from Steve with all the injuries there. And I will say one thing there, Steven, it's, I don't think you mentioned illness uh, because that's kind of ravaging uh, going right now in the NBA. Like lots of players are end up sick here. And I know that Jalen hurts was sick the other night. He ended up playing actually looked pretty good, but, um, you might end up with some illnesses popping up. So if you guys are watching the, you know, the, the injury updates, make sure you guys watch them all the way until you basically get to kickoff because uh, a lot of late scratches, I have a feeling, are going to come down with some sickness because it just seems like everybody is sick right now. So keep an eye out for that. Great job there on the injuries from Steve. And it is now time for the Sheep's Pick of the Week. Sheep's Pick of the Week might not come as a surprise. It's the Buffalo Bills, uh, minus 12 points here going on the road here to the Los Angeles Chargers. I will say this, if you guys have been following the Sheep's pick uh, the last couple of weeks, you guys have actually made some money uh, instead of fading it. I would be with the Sheep there this week. That's just personal. I would probably go ahead and, and be on the Bills there this week, but um, I, I, I just don't know how, how the hell you could take the Chargers here. The Bills just have too much to play for. I mean, they, they pretty much gutted out a big win against – against Dallas, and it wasn't like they couldn't afford a loss there last week, and I think that they come uh, guns blazing this week to try not to, let's just say, like, fall back to earth, like, really look good. And, and like, there's a lot of people that actually think this Bills team is one of the best teams in the league, and I don't want to say that they are or they aren't, but some weeks they look really, really good, and some weeks they look really bad, and I think you want to be playing your best football heading into the playoffs. This could be a team that actually might be able to go ahead and do that with another solid week, so... Uh, Sheep's pick of the week going to be the Buffalo Bills. But again, I would be on the Bills. I would be following the Sheep there this week. Uh, With that out of the way, it is now time for our three-team betting predator parlay. I don't know how we did overall with our three picks there last week, but I know the first pick that I listened to when I re-listened to the podcast uh, turned out to be a loser. So uh, another week that we did not cash the three-team betting predator parlay. But we're going to go ahead. We're going to try there this week. I'm going to kick it over to you there first, Uncle Dave. You get the first leg, three-team betting predator parlay. Who are you kicking in? Um, I am taking, there is no such thing as a drum roll, uh, the Tennessee Titans team total under 20.5. I mean, they, they've had trouble scoring, but I think this is more of a play on on Seattle. I mean, that's a, that's a team that statistically um, – haven't been great on defense. Now they were against the Eagles last week, but the three previous games they played the 49ers twice and Dallas once. So I'm 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 all over the fact that that Tennessee is is done. They're five and nine. They only put up 16 points in, in a game they needed to win yet last week and and gave it away late. So I I think you have a I you know and of course with all the talk about Vrabel potentially leaving to coach New England, yada yada yada. Uh, I think I think Tennessee is mentally done, and, and obviously Seattle's not. And I rate their defense much higher than 
than what the stats do based on their strength of schedules and who they played. So uh, Titans team total under 20 and a half will be the first leg that wins. All right. So there's Uncle Dave's pick. Steve, what are you kicking into the parlay? I'm going right to the team totals. This will be the second one that wins. So it's going to be on you, Sleepy. We're going to go Atlanta team total over 22.5 versus Indianapolis. Uh, So much of this comes down to Taylor Heineke. I just trust him more as a quarterback. I've seen what he can do. You know, Indianapolis does not have a defense that strikes fear in anybody. I think that there's some college teams that would be okay going against them. And frankly, you know, Atlanta has shown the propensity to be able to run the ball on the ground and be effective doing so. And with Taylor's ability to throw the ball down the field, it opens up so much more for this offense. So I think that there's some value here in over 22 and a half at 23. I'm less interested, but you know, it's a quasi key number there at 23 there. You know, you see that every once in a while. So at 22 and a half, it's playable. We're two for two right now. Sleepy. It's on you, man. All right, well, I'm not going to go with the team total here. I'm actually going to go, and I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens here plus the five and a half. So I'm going to kick them into the parlay here. And a lot of people might not actually like this because San Fran has looked really, really good. But I have to go ahead and I have to question if the San Francisco 49ers are going to be able to play their best football coming off of two division games, uh, three games out of their last four on the road. I just have a feeling like it's one of those – it's one of those games where they have to try to get up again against a, against a team that's really, really good. I mean, Baltimore is really good. And Baltimore has been rattling off a lot of wins here. I mean, how many have they won in a row? Four in a row. I feel like this is kind of like the measuring stick game here for Baltimore to see if they're even in this conversation. I think we'd all agree San Fran more than likely probably the favorite to go ahead and win the Super Bowl this year. But something just something tells me that the Baltimore Ravens getting this many points is just um, – that's just the way that I want to go. I think maybe like plus three and a half, plus four makes sense, but I think like four and a half, five, five and a half. That's I just want to be with the Ravens here in this one. So I'll go ahead, I'll kick in Baltimore plus the five and a half. So those will be our three picks for our three team betting predator parlay. Uh it's now time for our promotion. And if you guys are looking for picks from myself or Uncle Dave, go ahead over to pregame.com if you guys are looking to go ahead and get direct access to our NFL resident professional handicapper, Steve Reeder. You guys got to go over to thebettingpredators.com or go ahead and check out the Discord channel for thebettingpredators.com as well. Steve's there. He gives out all his stuff for the entire week, uh, live bets, early bets, you guys name it, over there at the Discord channel for bettingpredators.com. Uh, so that'll wrap up the promos. Let's go ahead. Let's get into our best bets for the week. Steve, I'm going to go ahead and kick it right back to you. Your best bet for NFL week number 16. What are you looking at? I'm going to a team we lost with last week. Uh, personally, I lost with. I, I bet Philadelphia I lost last week. I'm going back to the well here. Um, you know, it was a little bit better number early in the week. Uh, I still like it at minus 12 right now. I think that's still at the market. It was previously. It is still there. You can find 11 and a half some places. Um, frankly, this comes down to, you know, Philadelphia looked terrible. And I want to back teams that looked terrible the previous week. I'm looking for opportunities that way. You know, and with the Eagles... They were terrible. I mean, really, there's nothing to say about this team. They, they were awful. But so much of that could be attributed to the fact that, like you said uh, previously, Sleepy, there was a sickness going around. There was a flu. They should have won the game. They need one defense to stop. And the defense actually looked good since they changed to Patricia calling the plays. It was better than they had in previous weeks. So I, I think the Eagles 
have hit rock bottom here in the market. And I think that we're going to see a resurgence and what better time for them uh, to, to get better uh, is that playoff push. They're going to, they're going to number one, win the game, which is going to hit the over for me on the win total. They're going to destroy my giants, which are going to give me a better draft pick. And, and speaking of the giants, Tommy DeVito's the sensation with the hand gesture and all this kind of stuff. It, it's done. It's over. And frankly, there's been a lot of tape on DeVito now. Philadelphia is going to be able to exploit it. And traditionally, they've done very poorly against Philadelphia, specifically against their defensive line. The Giants' offensive line cannot block Philadelphia's uh, D, uh, pass rush, cannot block Dallas's pass rush. I don't know why. I'm not an X's and O guy, uh, guy like that. But it traditionally happens every single time. This game in Philadelphia with those fans, they're horrible people. I My father is an Eagles fan. I could talk trash about him. Um, it's just not a good spot for the Giants. Philadelphia needs the game. They need to get right. The Giants really don't have anything to play for. Their 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 minute hopes of making the playoffs is out the window. I think Philadelphia wins going away, and it could be up twenty points or more in this one. You know, the only thing that worries me about that pick there, Steve, is the fact that the Giants don't have anything to play for. Like the Giants could come into this game completely loose. And I feel like all the pressure here is on Philadelphia. And I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. Like, Philly's better than the Giants. Generally, this team beats up on them. But I do worry a little bit about, you know, maybe the pressure here for Philly. It's not like Philly can't deal with pressure. I mean, they've been in pressure-packed moments, big games and stuff like that. But it just worries me that the Giants are playing here completely freed up. And um, like, like I was talking about before, like, you know, that they had like that magical ride. We were talking about, oh, the Giants are still alive for the playoffs. Do they want to go ahead and get blown out here? Like, doesn't this game set up here, Steve, as like this could potentially be like the giant Super Bowl game? It, it, it's interesting that you say that because it is, you know, the division rivalry. They, uh, at least the Giants, as a Giants fan, that is our rival, even more so than Dallas to me. Um, and, and frankly, I just think that there's just significantly more talent for the Eagles. It is a spot that I think favors the Eagles more so than the Giants. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that the Eagles have a better coach. I, I do like Dayball for sure, but you know, it, it's just there's just too much setting up right. This is the get right game for the Eagles. They have to have it. They need it. They need to get right for the playoffs. They need the win to keep pace. Um, you know, they're not getting the first round by, but to get that home field advantage, secure that for the opening round. Um, to me, it's just too much. I understand what you're saying, and I do think that they're going to play loose, and I think that's kind of what DeVito has brought to that team is the fact that they've got really nothing to lose, and here's this guy flinging the ball all over the place and and, and bringing some moxie that you haven't really seen with a Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor. So um, the team has played like that, but I think that only gets you so far, and they play with it so long, and now you saw them get blown out last week. And if you thought the Saints – there was a hostile environment there, and I, I know it is great home field advantage. Wait till you see the hostility on Christmas Day in Philadelphia. Uh, you know they're not going to be throwing snowballs at Santa's this year. It's going to be at the Giants players. Although uh, Dave says there's going to be no snow, so that might be difficult. You know what else, Steve? Too that, that as you were talking, I was thinking they still get to play the Eagles, but they get to play them in New York. You know how how much would how sweet would it be if the Giants went into Week 18? And they spoiled something big for the Eagles in New York. Like that, maybe that would set up to be their Super Bowl type game instead of, you know, instead of this one. So, uh, all right. Well, good stuff on that. So, that'll be Steve's best bet there. Uncle Dave, gonna go ahead and kick it over to you. Your best bet. What do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna go back to a game we already talked about with Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. 
Um, you know, we both like Tampa Bay sleepy and, and, you know, I look at that Jacksonville defense and, and how porous it's been. I mentioned earlier, 88 points in the last three games. And, you know, I don't know what's going to change this week. I, I love the Bucks team total. Uh, I found it over 20 and a half uh, on DraftKings and bet that this afternoon. Uh, but I would play that up to 23. I mean, the, the Falcons have put up 29 and 34 in their last two road games. I mean, I, I think this is a, this is a, a big deal home game. Uh, clearly, um, anything that, uh, you know, more, more hype, more, more energy around it than anything in Tampa Bay since Brady won the Super Bowl. So uh, I think the Bucks put up plenty. Uh, I would play it up to 23 if that's what it ends up settling at. But right now there's a couple of 20 and a halfs out there. Bucks team total over. All right. So Uncle Dave with his best bet, Bucks team total over. Uh, I'm making my best bet. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I would make a, a half-decent wager here, Uncle Dave, if the Saints lose here on Thursday night. I was a little confused before when I was talking. I forgot that the Saints were playing the Rams on Thursday. I thought that game was actually on Sunday. But I think if the Saints lose here on Thursday night, that even that just impacts the Buccaneers' motivation so, so much more. Uh, so... Right now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to say that the Bucks is is the best bet. But if those Saints, if the Saints lose, um, there's no way in hell that the Buccaneers won't end up being a pick that that I'll be honestly probably trying to sell to my clients. So those will be our best bets for this week. Uh, with that done out of the way, it's now time for our three agreed pick. Um, Steve, I'll let you go ahead and introduce our pick this week. Who are we going with? And we're going to go Washington plus the field goal here. And this is not going to be that strong of a handicap. I mean, I think it's a great play, but there's not a whole lot to add to this. This is the New York Jets with Wilson with a concu- coming off of a concussion. Um, and I understand that they're home. They're giving three points to an actual NFL football team. I, 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 and I understand that Washington's a dead team walking, and I understand um, that the Jets have better players, but... You know, Washington can move the ball. I understand defensively they're not that great, but Hal's shown the propensity to throw the ball down the field um, and find his playmakers. And if he's not playing, Brissett has been able to do the same thing and actually targets McLaurin more. Um, I I do think it's going to be an ugly game. It's not a game that I want to watch, to be honest. But getting three points seems like a lot. But, you know, looking at the market, there's some numbers, you know, that they're, it's an expensive three. So it's curious if we want to wait on this. I mean, for the podcast, we can't do that. I think that, you know, we lock it in at three here. But if I am a better, I'm watching this market and see if it does make that move to the hook here at three and a half and, and jumping at the opportunity there. Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to me for the Jets under their situation with Rodgers now officially done for the year, for them to be officially eliminated for the playoffs. I'm not sure if it actually is official or if it's just anybody with a brain would realize they're not going to the playoffs. Um, Washington plus the three just seems like a no-brainer play, and, and I think if we pass on it, we're going to regret it on uh, Monday. The Jets are just a dead team. I mean, this team had high hopes maybe to win the Super Bowl. You had Aaron Rodgers come in. The season was blown up four plays into the into the season. And I think that this team's just been – they've been clawing and fighting. But, I mean, they, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, Wilson's not the answer. None of these guys are the answer. I think that the Jets will probably play their – you know, home run Super Bowl game when they play at New England. I think that they're going to try to go ahead and try to really beat them up. But right now, I think it's just a, an absolute dream crusher game for them. And the commanders, like, 
they know that they they knew they weren't going anywhere after after such after a while. I mean, they realize all right, we're not we're not playoff material, but that team still has playmakers. They got guys that can go out there and score points. And I mean, they give up thirty points last week. It's like, how long do you think that defense was going to be able to hold out? They're starting to starting to break down a little bit. So, yeah, Commanders, that's where we're at for that one. What about you, Uncle Dave? You got anything else kicking on that? Well, I mean, why not? Let's let's just look at the Jets' offense. I mean, they had that uh, 30-point outburst against Houston, uh, which was primarily spread on by their defense. But if we go back to the last game they played in October, I'm going to list off their, their points per game. Uh, 13-6, 12-6, 13-8-0. So how can you give somebody three points? And I'll just put a period at the end of that. You summed it up pretty well there, Uncle Dave. How the hell can you give somebody three points when you can't even break double digits? I mean, they've that is insane how bad this team's been on offense. I'm sitting here looking at it kind of in awe. Yeah, they stink on offense, so good luck. Even though the commander's defense isn't good, you got to figure that Washington probably shows up here at some point on defense, and this is probably going to be the game where they're like, oh, we can go out and look good. Don't forget, these guys are all playing for contracts and stuff like that, but I don't know, man. It just it feels like the Jets are going to be a flat tire. I think what we should do instead of taking the three points here, because it doesn't sound like we, it doesn't sound at all like we even think the Jets are going to win this game, that we should probably be playing my, we should probably be playing Washington on the money line. So consider that. But there's our three agreed uh, pick there. Washington Commanders plus the three points. And that'll wrap up the podcast for NFL uh, week number 16. We'll be back next week. So we won't talk to you guys before the holiday. Hopefully you guys uh, are safe. Have fun uh, with your family. Uh, have fun with all your presents and your children and all that good stuff like that. Uh, but you guys know where to find us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Dave underscore Esler. And at Avoid the Vig, make sure you guys like, subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. But that's it. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Happy holidays. Enjoy the games.